Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right now, in Cleveland, Ohio, there is the gathering of the Holy Synod of the Orthodox Church in America, but also the Metropolitan Council. The Metropolitan Council is the, I'll say that it's the parish council of the National Church. So, at every level of the church, as we are a conciliar church, so you can say, yes, we have a bishop, but the governance of the Orthodox Church has been uh, coming down from the apostles. There is the bishop, around him are then the priests and the deacons. You especially see this. You see this in Paul, but then you also especially see this very, very clearly in the second century in St. Ignatius of Antioch. Uh, and you have then, throughout time, uh, the development first if you're to come to a liturgy of the bishop, if you've been to a hierarchical liturgy, uh, you can see the fullness of the church because you have the bishop present, you have the priest or priests and deacon or deacons, uh, and then all of the people of God surrounding. This especially as he is the bishop uh, sits or is enthroned at the high place, which is behind the altar. Uh, this is part of the reason uh, him sitting there is to because we are in the heavenly realms in worship, that he is seated uh, like God with the council, the elders, if you think of the book of Revelation, you think of all the throne room scenes, and all of the people of God present, so that we are mirroring, that we are participating in the heavenly worship. That is part of the reason why, you may wonder sometimes why, for example, many catechumen You'll see me do a prayer, and then you'll see me turn around for like the doxology at the end and bow, because basically the focus is on the altar, but it's also on the high place, which is in the ancient church. If we had a church like built in that fashion, uh, you would have going back basically seating, like almost like stadium seating. Think of the ecumenical, the icon of the ecumenical council, right? This kind of semicircle seating pattern. You would have had that in the back of the church, almost like amphitheater. If you look at ancient churches, they don't they have an amphitheater in the back. Uh, an amphitheater is in the seating, stadium seating. <laughs> and you would have this direction because that is where the presence of God, the icon of Jesus Christ among us, in the bishop. And so we have on this level with priest and parish council and then uh, the parish. Then we have beyond us other parishes that make up for us, we call them deaneries. And then of deaneries that has a dean, Father David Arnold in Richmond at St. Cyprian's is our dean uh, for the Appalachian Deanery. And then even though it isn't really Appalachian, but it's a whole other. <laughs> it goes from Richmond, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, all the way to Clarksville, Tennessee. But it's the best thing that we can come up that they came up with, and it, it fits. I named it. <laughs> so, uh, you have, with then coming to the diocesan level after deaneries, you have then a diocese that has, as we have the diocesan assembly, there is a diocesan council, which is basically like a parish council at a parish level, and then the national level, you have a metropolitan council 
that advises the Metropolitan and then also the bishops of this, the Synod. All of this is like, why is he giving us a polity lesson? Like, why? The Orthodox Church in its structure, we pray for the Metropolitan. We pray for the Archbishop, our specific diocesan bishop. We pray for the clergy and we pray for the people of God. Because we are an divine human organism spread throughout time that our bishops and the priests of the church having had the laying on of hands extends back through time to the time of the apostles coming out of specifically out of Jerusalem. And in this divine human organism, in some ways you could call it an institution, uh, but I think when we think of institution, we think of bureaucracies, we think of mechanical functions, but we're more like an organism. We have people and the relationships of people. That's why sometimes when there's a breakdown in communion between churches or between uh, parishes or the faithful and the priests, there, there can be a breakdown. And this is like an organism, it needs to heal. But there's always like an organism that's going to live, it has to have structure, it has to have uh, a way of life. And also in the church, it's not just bishop on top like a king who dictates. The Metropolitan Council does not tell the Metropolitan what to do, but he is advised by them. And as he said, part of the reason I bring all this up is because there was a wonderful recording last night that Father Thomas Soroka did on ancient faith that was interviewing Metropolitan Tikhon, the Chancellor of the OCA, Father Alexander Mantel, and others who were present at the Metropolitan Council about conciliarity, synodality, the way the Orthodox Church in America specifically uh, is run and how its life goes. You have leadership, but who's accountable and who listens to the Metropolitan Council? It's a relationship. It's not mechanical, it's not authoritarian, but it is a, even saying checks and balances is a little bit more uh, Republican theory of government than it is how the church is supposed to run. But there is something in this where if the bishop just sails forward and everybody's going, whoa, 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 hey, 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 there's gonna be problems. There's going to be chaos. There's going, the house is going to have trouble. These networks, this organism that we, and being in the body of Christ in the church, and the conciliarity that we are all accountable to each other and encouraging and praying for one another is how we get somebody like St. Hilarion, who we commemorate today. If you heard it in the hymnody, you don't get St. Hilarion unless you had St. Anthony the Great. And you don't get St. Anthony the Great unless you get St. Anthony, who, when he's convicted by the gospel, then he goes out and he visits all of the men that he knew who were practicing the ascetical life and had certain gifts, and he gathered into himself all of the gifts that he knew around him. So St. Hilarion becomes St. Hilarion the Great because he comes, submits himself to St. Anthony and learns from him. The church in its life together is 
always a cross. There's always struggle, just like friendship, just like family. There will be times of disappointment, there will be times of missed opportunities, there will be times where words are said, feelings are hurt, etc., etc. Sometimes this can blow up into schism. Sometimes this can blow up into uh, absence from the divine services for a long time. Sometimes this can blow up into a priest or even a bishop being laicized, defrocked. Uh, returned to lay to the laity. But you have in the church and why we pray is that we are all in this together, that we receive from every single person, from the metropolitan down to the newly enlightened child, baptized and chrismated, that we all need each other to be able for a St. Hilarion, we need a St. Anthony. For St. Anthony, we need somebody else. Because I don't really know myself, I'm not really myself, the I that I am, without somebody else to show me and to mirror back to me. Not mirror back as in the sense of like I just see myself in them and only get back from them what I think I need or want, but that they show me things through the union together that in that we that I actually can become myself. And this is, I think, a challenge for us, especially as our life physically in so many ways is separated from each other because of cars, <laughs> because we live far from each other in ways that you couldn't before do that until you had a car and you can make all these distances so much smaller. And so we have an epidemic of loneliness, we have an epidemic of not feeling apart. And so it is in that conciliar life of the church, why it's a cross, et cetera, because there's always sacrifice involved. And the thing that I would suggest for those who struggle with loneliness, to struggle with trying to find connection, is I think a lot of times, and I say this because of my own experience of it, a lot of times I'm waiting for somebody else to do something, to bring me along, to do, you know, reach out to me, and I'm usually not actually the one who goes out of myself to actually embrace, to look at, to encounter the other because I kind of want it to just happen. But life together takes initiative, it takes sacrifice, it takes reaching out, it takes making that space for the we to actually live and thrive. For we all need each other. We all are going to encounter God in the midst of each other. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.